Live from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smoking Hot Toddcast, summer exclusive. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Happy summer, Toddcasters. Welcome to the first ever summer exclusive episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Of course, we do a lot of fun special episodes throughout the summer in between seasons, but this is the first time we've ever done something like this, and I'm very excited about it. This may be one of the most, if not the most, incredible show we've ever done, and I'm really excited about it. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many fantastic and fun and interesting people on this show, Uh, but this week, I I think we may have... I, I don't know. Maybe we've topped all interviews. I don't know. This may be the greatest one of all time. If you if you know me at all, and or if you've listened to this show, you know that my all-time favorite television show to this very day is Mystery Science Theater 3000. I discovered it when I was at the tender age of six. That was when I first discovered it, fell in love with it, and I've loved it ever since. So we're, we're going on 30 years here, close to it, that I have loved this show. From its original days on Comedy Central on the Sci-Fi Channel, to Netflix, to where it is now, the Gizmoplex, it has its, which is MST3K's own app that you can download and watch new episodes as well as classic episodes of MST3K, and it's going stronger than ever. And it's just so exciting to see this show back on the air. And to top it all off, I am getting to sit down with two of the amazing new stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000. If you caught the live tour, which was called the Time Bubble Tour, you may have seen them live in person. And regardless if you have or not, you can still catch them in new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm talking, of course, about the new test subject, Emily Marsh, and the new voice of Crotey Robot, Kelsey Ann Brady. Now, if you're kind of confused by this, there's two casts. There's Jonah Ray, Baron Vaughn, Hampton Yunt, and Rebecca Hansen. And then there's the second cast, which was featured on the tour and also have their own episodes on MST3K, and that features Emily Marsh, Kelsey Ann Brady, Connor McGiffin as Tom Servo, and Yvonne Fries as GPC2, formerly known as Gypsy. And both casts are incredibly entertaining and hilarious, and they have brought a, a, a wonderful new flavor to Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I'm so excited to get to talk to Emily and Kelsey, and so that's exactly what we're going to do on this very special episode. So sit back... Get ready and enjoy everything MST3K with two of the new and coolest stars of the show on this summer exclusive episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Hi, I'm Kelsey Ann Brady from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Well, now this this is an exciting night for me uh, because I've never gotten to do this before. Uh, I've been anticipating it. I've been nervous about it all day. I've been excited about it. Uh, For the first time ever, I'm getting to interview some of the new cast members of my all-time favorite television show since I was a little kid, Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's back. It has its own home now called the Gizmoplex. They're no longer dealing with networks because networks suck. They're doing their own thing now. And we have two of the huge stars from this show as Emily Connor, Emily Marsh, and the voice, one of the voices of Crow T. Robot, Robot, Kelsey Ann Brady. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm so excited for you both to be here. I, I, like I said, I've been, I've been looking forward to this for a while and it's just, it's so awesome to have you here and thank you guys for being here. Oh man, it's a pleasure. 
A pleasure to be together virtually. Virtually, that's right, yes. <laughs> you know, if there's one good thing, I've said this before, if there's one good thing that came out of the pandemic, it was new ways of getting to communicate with each other. Zoom, I, I don't know where we'd be without Zoom these days, to be honest. <laughs> It is very true, even though I don't know if anybody else has had this problem in real life situations where I'm like, all right, cool, guys, I'm going to go. Oh, oh, we're in person. Oh, no. <laughs> you can see the lower half of my body, can't right. you? Oh, this is weird. You, you, I'm you wearing try, pants. You try, to, you try to push buttons on your phone to disappear and it doesn't work. You're just sitting across the table from them and you're like, okay, well, I guess this has to continue then. Sorry. <laughs> you try uh, to turn off your camera so you that, can roll your eyes. Right, and there's no camera because you're in person, and it's like, oh, <laughs> well, sad day. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, first of all, I got I got to say this, uh, I, Kelsey. I have that exact same hat here because Elton John came. I'm, I'm coming to you from Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee, and he just came to Knoxville in April for his farewell tour. Did you get to see him in concert? I sure did. Where, where did you get to see him at? In Orlando. In Orlando. Wasn't it an awesome show? I cried a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it was one of those for me. It was one of those concerts that just, you know, where there wasn't a single bad song in the group. The, and and you knew every single one of them and it was just fun. It was just a magical night to be a part of. And the energy was just electric and everybody was just wearing all kinds of sequins and glasses. Yes. And we were all like, yes. Yeah, we're here to have fun. Everyone in Knoxville had their most uh, exciting get up on the glasses, the sparkling, the, the, the scarves. Everybody went all out for it, for sure. So it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we don't want to leave Emily out of the conversation, but I had to make note of that. Elton John, haven't heard of him. So, uh, heard of him. Sorry. <laughs> He's an up and comer, but he decided to go ahead and retire. So, you know, it's good to have this the, is, one, it's good to have the this, one gets and out. This is reminding me of the Super Bowl uh, mid, uh, the Super Bowl concert where people are like, "Ooh, who's this Missy Elliott? Is she like a new artist?" <laughs> right, right. I it, there, I saw a few people on Facebook after that. It was like, man, these guys are got a lot of talent. They're going to be huge. And you just wanted to punch a hole through your. Screen. Oh, that Paul McCartney that did that song. <laughs> Remember that? That was the worst when they said, "Oh, Paul McCartney, he's got a lot of talent. He's going to go places." Like, oh, my God. All right. Well. Well, let's get right into it. We are headfirst into the new season of Mystery Science Theater. Uh, you guys are a huge part of it. Uh, how are you feeling about the new season so far? Oh, I think it's been, um, I don't know about you, Kelsey, but I think it's been super exhilarating. I think what keeps happening is I go, I am equal parts uh, exhilarated and nervous <laughs> because yeah. so many of these things, you just, you film them. And then you give them to an editor because I most of these we filmed in October or February, and then to finally get to see them months and months later, it's like, oh, was it as funny as I remembered? Like, <laughs> oh, what edit of this is it going to be? You know, you're just really on edge. But what's been so nice is every time I feel like I've been genuinely able to laugh at the episodes and yeah. kind of forget that we're a part of it, which is all I really want is to sit and enjoy a mystery science theater episode like I always did. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. I, it just happens one of the faces is a little more familiar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree. I feel like, um, unlike with the tour, when you see the movie over and over and over, when you film it, you see it a couple times. Um, and, you know, we've had people over to come and watch, and I find myself, you know, laughing along. And I'm like, is this, is this weird? Is this narcissistic? I'm like laughing at my own 
content but at the same time i was like oh yeah i forgot that was really funny i said the thing and then hearing things that other people said in their delivery where you're just like yes and mystery Mystery science theater is one of those like grandfathered shows where you're gonna laugh regardless if if you've seen it for the first time you've seen it a million times or if you're on the show you're gonna (laughs) laugh at everybody because everybody is just hilarious for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so true. And there's always, what's also nice too with Mystery Science Theater is there's always something you've forgotten. Even with episodes you know super, super well, it's like, oh, that one little detail. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I'm noticing it. And it's just weird to do that now with episodes that we've been in where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We did that line. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Who wrote that line? This and I was in the room and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this past episode, uh, Dr. Mordred, I, the, the line... Uh, Harryhausen and the Philosopher's Stone. It floored me, and then I thought that was the most clever joke that is ever because they keep talking about the Philosopher's Stone. So you're immediately going to Harry Potter. Then you have the Ray Harryhausen type dinosaurs. I mean, it just it fits so well. <laughs> that was the best joke. I was the universe like, gifted that right. It was, it was like it like it predicted Harry Potter. It was really kind of amazing. Todd, are you too highbrow for loud as your favorite volume? <laughs> too too highbrow for that? No. I, I, well, you know, I try to be. I, I I try to I try to adjust to society. Sometimes it's hard. I don't know. I apologize. <laughs> well, uh, luckily, mystery science theater is something for all of us. That's so. right. That's right. Yes, it's it's not too highbrow for anyone. Um, mm-hmm. But but no, it's a great show, and the season's going great. What's it like in the writers' room? What what's it like sitting there and and focusing on these films? and then have to create content for them. What's that like? So I'd say that it's- Torture chamber. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it's it's definitely equal parts. Um, I mean, I think it's similar to, it's, I guess there's nothing quite like pitching a joke for a movie and you either immediately hear everybody laugh and you're like, oh man, I nailed it. Or there's silence and then you go, or whatever, or something, and then sort of like go back into your chair. You thought I was serious? <laughs> Who would come up with that dumb joke? That just slipped out. Well, because I've always, I've always wondered since I was a kid, are there jokes that not everybody laughs at but still make it into the show? That's a great question because I think what ends up happening, at least the system that we had, was that there was like an Excel sheet that was open to everybody to put in their riffs ahead of time. And then there was a writer's room where everybody can pitch their jokes in the room. It kind of gives people a chance to like bounce off of each other. Um, And then the final thing is everybody's assigned a part of like the five minutes we're going through to assign the jokes. But everything stays in the Excel sheet, which I love. So even when we were on tour, we were given full permission to pick a riff. Like if we're like, hey, if a riff is not working, check out the Excel sheet. See if there's something else in there. Try different stuff. Um, So I think there's a lot of the times where the scripts we edited and then seeing the final script for filming. And I was like, oh, that didn't make it. I guess Joel thought that was too dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So there's... I tried, you know, that's fine. It's true. And then there's certain little things that you know get through and you're like, oh man, that's awesome. That that silly little joke made it from beginning to end. Right. Um, Yeah, so it depends. There's definitely, and of course there's also things that just, 
you say in the room and it's like, or like when we're filming and it's like, Oh, that's actually pretty good. Let's just do that. Right. Like the whole process is, you know, I love that Joel is a creator is so not precious. Like if people think it's funny, he's like, well, look, we've got a new riff to put in there. That's great. Like no one, there's like a really refreshing lack of ego (laughs) in the whole process. And then that's a fact. Joel Hodson himself is just egoless. I mean, he, 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 he knows talent, he sees it, <clears throat> and then he takes care of everybody that's, that's with him, or, or at least that's the vibe he gives off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also, he's so, like, I love that, you know, he could have, with the reboot for Netflix, been like, hey, I'm back as Joel Hodgson as the host for these new seasons. But he was so... Kenny has always said this uh, when we were hanging out on tour is he's like, no, I want it to be the format. And I, I like seeing new faces fill out the format. And like, it just means more fun. It means that people don't get attached to like, you know, him basically. It's right, like, right. yeah, I made this show, but it's about how great the format is and it's fun to change it up. That sounds, so That sounds right. I remember reading an article a few years back where he said he, he kind of wanted mystery science to be like Saturday night live and that you bring people in, they'd have their time and then they'd go out and you bring in new people and then you'd get used to those people and so on and so forth. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And in that, and then in retrospect, that's exactly what happened. I mean, we, we got to know these, this group, we went on to the next group, we went on to the next group. It was, it's, it's very, you know, segmented like that. So, and obviously he pulled it off. Uh, so Kelsey, um, what, what's it like? What did, how did you feel when you realized that you were going to get to take on the reins of Crow T Robot? What, what, what went through your mind when you got, when you knew you were going to get to do that? Oh gosh. I, I think I'm still processing it. I don't right. know. It still doesn't feel quite real. I remember feeling so lucky that, um, you know, I was chosen to swing for the tour and you know the fact that crow was one of the roles that i covered and the one the only one i ended up actually doing was just wild to me because it just was kind of like oh i'm i'm here to support the whole cast i'm here to kind of be here when they need me and crow just happens to be a part of that i don't know it was just so weird and then when they asked me to do it for the actual show i was just kind of like you sure because you know i i wanted to just show up and do my best and uh be as funny as i could i don't know i was just the whole time just smiling i'm just happy to be here it's like i'll do anything i'm just happy to be here you just tell me what to do i'll do it that's fine yeah, and you know, sometimes in this business of show, you, you a door opens and you just gotta walk through it. Right. And say, hey guys, who wants to have fun? <laughs> I think even if the imposter syndrome is so strong, like <laughs> I think, I think, cause I felt the exact same way when it was like, cool. So you're going to be the host on the new season. And I was like, on the outside, I was like, cool, cool. Of course. And then inside it was like, don't show that you're freaking out. Don't show you're freaking out. <laughs> well, yeah, because you talk about, I mean, you both had enormous shoes to fill, but to be the actual, the human host of the show following Joel, Mike and Jonah, like how did that feel for you? Uh, it felt, it felt amazing. It felt very daunting. Um, 
<laughs> my favorite comment, I think, still in like press and interviews, which I think is so sweet as people are like, I mean, I find it just funny because it's speaking the truth where people are like, so yeah, so Jonah had kind of a career and then there's you and who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you're telling me, man. <laughs> Like they left the back door open and I snuck in somehow and they haven't told me to leave. And then they gave me a credit in the show. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I don't know how I did that one. Right. Um, no, so definitely very intimidating, very daunting. But what was fantastic was that for filming, uh, Joel was on set. Um, Jonah was directing us. And so to have both of those guys there once again, talking about the lack of ego, because both of them could have been, you know, they both could have been like jerks about it. They could have right. been like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, make sure you're, you know, heralding all of the hosts that came before. This is right. important. But Jonah and Joel were always so nice about saying, like, I love Jonah saying was, you know, obviously it's MST3K, like it's a big deal, but also it's MST3K. Have fun. Just have fun. That's the whole point. It, it could have been is. It could have been worth, <clears throat> you could have been working for Jim Mallon. Okay, moving on yep. from that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else. Jim Mallon, here you go. Uh, you, you, you made an interesting segue, though, but, uh, talking about where you came from. Uh, we'll, let's talk about your all's humble beginnings. Emily, we'll start with you. Where, where, did, you, where did you come from? Where, what, what, tell the story of Emily Marsh. Who am I? Mm -hmm. um, I am but a simple puppet doll wiggler. <laughs> from Washington, D.C. Uh, I went to school for acting, and then my first job out of college was being a puppeteer for the Cincinnati Madcap Theater, which means that I had the illustrious job of driving a white van around <laughs> and doing shows in capitoriums. Hey! Um, Sounds like... But honestly... Oh, really? I mean, honestly, it was so much fun. I miss yeah. Capitorium shows so much. I think they're the closest thing we have to gladiator fights. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Are uh, you not entertained? <laughs> I didn't do that, but I, I did work in radio for a while, and I was the guy that drove the van around and had to set up for the station to make it look. So, you know, I know all about mm -hmm. that, creating a world that doesn't exist for about, you know, two, two hours, and then you're out of the van. Also, my favorite is when you go, oh, this is so great. Is someone going to set this up? Oh, it's yeah. me. <laughs> I set this up. <laughs> so who's going to? Oh, uh, <laughs> Nobody oh, I do me. all the things. Yeah, I just snuck in the back. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> well, what about you, Kelsey? Where did you come from? Um, I am from Maryland. Um, I currently live in Orlando. Um, I guess my first puppetry class, like I took a class in college at uh, BYU in Utah and um, ended up working at Disney World. And that's where the puppetry really kind of uh, I guess flourished in my mind, um, learned a bunch of shows in the theme parks and stuff. And that's, uh, yeah, that's where the puppetry side of me grew. And since, you know, I actually met Emily in 2017. Really? I, I lose track of years now. If it's been more than two years, I'm like, who remembers, you know? Yeah, like we did. before the pandemic? I don't know. Right. Anything before pandemic feels like it could have been 92. It could right. Pre-pandemic pre is <laughs> so long ago at this point. I don't even But I interrupted that. you, Kelsey. Go ahead. Where oh, did no, we first meet? We, we met uh, doing a workshop at Sesame um, for 
you know, learning TV style, like puppetry and stuff. And then our paths just crossed again and again. And here we are. There you are now on, on the greatest show, a greatest television show ever. Yeah. You guys made it. You did it. The uh, universe has collided us. Thank goodness. Right. <laughs> we did it. So, so I do have a question. Uh, when, when it comes to Munchie, are you guys glad you slipped under that radar? Or are you upset that you didn't? Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to have slipped by Munchie. And my favorite joke was on set was making jo like Jonah so pissed that he had to run the writer's room for Munchie and then also right. host Munchie. Because yeah. he hated Munchie so much right so much were you like guys, uh, were you guys around when it was all going on i was not so it was funny the way the schedule ended up working was so april we started doing the kickstarter mm -hmm. and basically then we had all that amazing success raised all the money and then all of a sudden with like a couple days notice it was hey what's your next couple months looking like you're yeah. going to be writing on episodes on zoom rooms then you're going to film then you're going to go out on tour and then you're going to come back and film so from now until like february you're booked <laughs> Oh my God. Which was great, but it was like, oh, I did not anticipate this. I didn't realize there was this much work involved. Right. And we had um, two writer's rooms going at the same time. So Tim Ryder was the head writer for one room and Jonah was a head writer for another. So while basically, so they didn't burn everybody out, they had one group going at one time and then staggered it for another group going. So I think while they were doing Munchie, might have been when we were doing Demon Squad, potentially, which I got to write on and obviously I'm not hosting because now it's announced that will be Joel's first episode, which I'm so excited for people to see that movie. It is near and dear to my heart. See, so I'd trade Munchie for Demon Squad over Munchie oh, all day long. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Demon Squad's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Demon Squad real bad. <laughs> not, not to mention it's a bad movie from recent history. So B-movies from the last 10 years, wherever, whatever, wherever you are in time, they're never great. You have to look back on them fondly 20, 30 years down the road. But one from three years ago, you're like, no, I can't. I can't with this. I can't even. But, but Dr. Mordred seemed like a fun movie, though. It really was. And uh, it was neat to... Uh, see along the way like once the movies were announced what we were doing people would be like dr mordred i love that or why are you doing that one we yeah, love that why are you doing that one yeah. <laughs> why are and after you know watching it myself it, it was definitely a, that was a fun one to do to be like yeah wow there's a feels like there was a lot of money in this one right more than usual Even even though it was revealed it was shot in three weeks. Yeah. I still, I always love when MST3K can get people who are associated with the episode, like the real movie to come on and talk about it. Because I feel like at, at the end of every MST3K episode, I'm like, I have so many questions right. for everyone involved in this movie. Yeah. And that Courtney was so nice to come on for Dr. Mordred. Um, and then we got the lead from Robot Wars. There's just been so many mysteries being solved. I love it. Like that that all happened in three weeks. That's crazy. It, it fascinated me how many celebrities in general, and of course stars and, and production workers of these films 
had actually seen Mystery Science and were a fan of the show or, and enjoyed the, even enjoyed the treatment of their own movies. It is kind of surprising. Yeah, that's happening with um, Demon Squad. The brothers who directed it are apparently huge MST3K fans and were thrilled <laughs> that they had gotten picked. Right. And so that's I feel how- like uh, Joel is always very uh, adamant in saying that, you know, we don't do this to be, there's no animosity. There's no like, uh, nastiness about it it's it all comes from a place of love and appreciation and just like the love of movies and the uh companionship the community around it it's right. all from a, it's like a we're ribbing you because we like you i feel like mystery <laughs> science follows the same rule of the friars 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 club wrote i can't talk the friars <laughs> club which is uh the motto is we only roast the ones we love and i think that's mm-hmm. i think that's probably uh, apropos for mystery science theater too is that they only watch the bad movies because they're so great and really that's always i don't know for you guys has has there ever been a movie that was viewed on mystery science theater that you just loved when you watched it because there's there's quite a few for me is there any that you just really enjoyed from past or present who i would say well one I really enjoyed from the newer Netflix seasons, uh, Star Crash. Mm-hmm. I just have such a soft spot in my heart for, and Space Mutiny. I don't know. I just always have such a big. That was mine. Those, yeah. those big swings, and you're like, what were they thinking? And mm-hmm. especially when they're in sci fi and space. Right. I just love that because there's so many. They had to really try and make a lot of choices. Man, some of them are just so weird. Like, I'll never get over in Star Crash that the robot has that Southern accent. Yes. So weird. So weird. <laughs> so dumb. But it works. Somehow it still works for that film. And, you know, it's great. I, Overdrawn at the Memory Bank is probably one of my favorites, too, in addition to Space Mutiny. It's just, it's swing and a miss. It's trying to do sci-fi, and it just comes off as lame. But inter- entertainingly lame, though, is the, is the key phrase here so what, what about you kelsey you, you have a favorite uh i think either space mutiny or uh prince of space they all oh. the fondness to me <laughs> prince of space it's just it gets old after a while because he keeps saying Look, you're not gonna kill me you can't kill me <laughs> your weapons are useless stop. against me and yet they keep doing it but he's like stop <laughs> And so it gets oh monotonous gosh. after a while. <laughs> this segues into because I love you always share these episodes, um, Kelsey. When how did you get into mystery? Science oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, but it's one of my favorite yes. origin stories. Ever. Please, please explain. Uh, it went from you know I casually know what that is uh, to a uh, regular tradition because um, an ex of mine. Uh, we actually had our first kiss watching Space Mutiny. Oh, that's adorable. And got married and loved the show and then got divorced. And <laughs> we got the box set, but oh. uh, I think I won out in the in he, the end. <laughs> he got the box set and you star on the show. So I think there's, there's <laughs> yeah, I think you won out in this contest for sure. <laughs> Even though kudos to him for introducing you to exactly. it. Exactly. So we are grateful. Yes. I wouldn't be grateful. here without it. And yeah. I don't if you're if you're watching this, which you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I, have nothing. I have nothing to say. Um, so I do. Sorry, on that, I do. I am very curious to know because we have no contact. But just to be like, what's he thinking right now? Is that what's he think? It's probably, it's probably kind of weird. Did I ruin his favorite show? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That that would be. I don't want to get in the middle of things, but that would be amazing if you did ruin the show. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever. I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oopsie. Thanks for introducing me. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, actually, I did see you guys live uh, in person when you guys came to Knoxville in January on the tour. And the tour was great. The show was fantastic. Uh, Making Contact, probably the best, probably the, the, I would say the best film that Roland Emmerich ever did. I'm going to give him props for that. Um, but I got to. I can see your eye twitching. I can see it. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to get to. That's what I was going to get to. How tired of you, how tired of making contact are you? I think I'll I'll go first only because it's unfair. Being the swing, I was only in the show for maybe four weeks total on tour. Um, The rest of the time, I did piddle around backstage and help out but most of the time i could kind of avoid it yeah so it, it didn't hit it didn't hurt you I, I don't that. think i was as right it didn't hurt you as much but emily it's probably a yeah. different story for you and and i you know it was me it was karma really because the first tour where i was there I only need to really be on stage for like a total of 15 minutes or 20 minutes at any point in the show. And I remember thinking, wow, this is great. They're paying me money to do nothing. And I don't even have to watch this movie. And I loved No Retreat, No Surrender. I would go out of my way to watch that movie. It's a great movie. It is a good movie. Making Contact though. (sighs) (laughs) This is so dumb. It's just so dumb. I don't even know where to begin. Like the kid actors, I knew. It's sort of actors. <laughs> What's well, that joke of you listen to that song on the radio and you go through the cycles of, oh, it's catchy. I kind of like it. Oh, now I hate it. Now yeah. I want to stab this song in the face. Oh, I found something to love in it again. Okay, it's mm-hmm. coming back around. And I feel like that would just happen. Like it felt like I was in a dysfunctional relationship with making contact oh, where I was like, why are you hurting me like this? Why did you have to be so bad? You couldn't do this thing. What did um, I ever do to you? But you kept but coming then, <laughs> But then here's the thing, Todd, is we found out that there's another movie that Emmerich made after this called Ghost Chase. And Ghost Chase is so much worse. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Like, at least it made me appreciate making contact. You think right. making contact is tropey and confusing? This other Ooh. one, it's like it's got the same puzzle, like building blocks, but the towers like it's not warped and right. And, and there is another goldfish in Ghost Chase. Yes, yes. there's a weird, there's a weird goldfish scene, not in the same way, but just inexplicably involves a goldfish. Maybe, maybe Roland Embrick had a thing for goldfish. I don't know. This is what, oh gosh, I, this is why I wish <laughs> Joel saying, joked. Like same building blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Joel joked that he was like, Roland Emmerich's totally going to show up in LA. And we're like, that's not going to happen, but I want it to because I want to ask him about the goldfish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. I need this. I, I need, need to know. To know. <laughs> <laughs> why? 
Was there a goldfish? <laughs> there wasn't goldfish in Independence Day or any of those other movies, were there? I don't think so. I gotta watch it again because now I'm I, there might be check. hidden somewhere. We got. And it. what if we, we'll have to watch Moonfall? <laughs> I'm not no, watching Moonfall. Don't, don't watch Moonfall. Please don't watch Moonfall. I love you, Roland, but God Almighty, that movie. We'll watch it on the next tour. We'll make that, that's, that's, that's the next movie for the next tour. You got that right. Well, um, so what, I mean, do you, I, what do you all know about the future of mystery science after season 13? What, what, what are we looking at? Or, or, or do we even know at this point? Well, I think it's, oh, go ahead. they're going to keep rolling out until Christmas. Right. That's through this season. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I, I think the goal is that ultimately, you know, and I, I think we're all just sitting tight because I just heard from Tim, that he's looking at the last edits for the year. So there was still like, as we're rolling out these episodes, you think of them as being done, but there's still something going on behind the scenes of like editing, adjusting like sound levels. So I think almost the next part now getting done with the editing will be kind of seeing, you know, how the Gizmoplex has been doing. Ultimately the goal is that if we can, we're doing season 14, the same way that we did it before, like no networks, just that's straight important. to the fans. That's important. Yes. Gorilla we don't style. need them. We don't uh, need them. So I think that's the goal. And I think all of those guys, as soon as they can take a breath from <laughs> having gotten all these episodes done, that's sort of the next thing. And I've definitely heard it tentatively talked about. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'd be awesome. Well, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Of course, we still have season 13 to get through. And you guys are in multiple of multiples of those episodes. And I know everyone is looking forward to seeing them. And I know I am too. Emily Marsh, Kelsey and Brady, thank you both so much for joining us on this show. I, I can't, I'm so humbled by it. And I cannot thank you enough for joining us. Well, thanks oh, man. for having us. Thanks for having us, Todd. Thank you for reaching out. Absolutely. You're so welcome. And thank you, guys. We've been talking to Emily Marsh and Kelsey Ann Brady of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Hey, I'm Emily Marsh from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. I said it at the top of the show, and I'll say it again. This was probably the interview to top all interviews, and I was so thrilled to get to speak with Emily Marsh and Kelsey Ann Brady. I cannot thank them enough for being on the show. And if you've never seen a single episode of of MST3K, you can just tell by how they chat, how they talk, just how entertaining and fun they are. And they really are. Like I said, they've they've brought an entirely new flavor to Mystery Science Theater 3000, and it's absolutely fantastic. And if you'd like to follow them on social media, you can do so. Emily's Instagram is emily.k.marsh, and Kelsey's is at onebradylady. On Twitter, Emily's is emily underscore k underscore marsh, and Kelsey's is onebradylady again. And don't miss out on the new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, you can download the Gizmoplex. It's available on Roku. You can also download it in the App Store or check it out at gizmoplex.com. And like I said, you can check out all the new episodes featuring both Emily and Jonah as the hosts and classic episodes, of course, which star Joel Hodson and Mike Nelson. It's all there for the taking. Go check it out. It's worth the subscription, especially if you're a big Mystery Science Theater fan or if you're just curious about the new episodes, you can go on there and rent or buy individual episodes. 
episode, so you really can't lose. So go check out the Gizmoplex today. And with that in mind, that's going to do it for us this week. We've got more special episodes of the Smoking Hot Toddcast coming your way this summer, so don't stray too far. Until next time, this is Hot Toddy saying, keep circulating that URL. Oh, and watch out for snakes. Yeah.